Oh. All three Beards Media podcasts originate from the Gravitate Coworking Studio, sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. to in the side of the storm where we talk all things cyclones we are coming to you live from the gravitate co-working studios from uh and uh, sponsored by revelton distillery out of osceola iowa i'm dave larson here with storm team partner and cyclone great marcus Pfizer. good evening marcus how are you i'm doing well dave how about yourself well i, I i'm doing a little bit better i've heard some stories about uh some of the pains that you're going through right now with involving black mold that's never <laughs> a good thing and hopefully they can get that cleared up here very shortly yeah dealing with kids and having to relocate and yada 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 is is tough to deal with i mean you know the the words of the of the day are already bad enough but you know moving <laughs> parts and all of that i mean it's it even affects us, the way that you eat you know feed the kids and all of that so it's it's been a stressful day, but I mean, we're here. Well, and I'm glad to be back last weekend in Atlanta with 25,000 cheerleaders in one mm. venue. And by the time That's you add in all the coaches and the family members and the aunts and the uncles, it, it mm -hmm. had been over a hundred thousand people that were there throughout the weekend. And it was, uh, uh, a lot of fun, but at the same time, I was glad to be back um, Monday late afternoon. Yeah, my daughter used to uh, do the dance and all that different stuff when she was younger. She's 15 now. Um, so probably about four or five years ago um, when she was a, a lot smaller than what she is now. We used to, you know, get in the van wherever the trip was, even if we had to fly somewhere or whatever, we would try to rent a van, a minivan. And if she wasn't on stage... <laughs> And I was outside laying down, you know, watching the game or something, trying to take a nap. But it is hectic when you're on the inside of there. And then it's just it's you talking about basketball and sports. That's the biggest cash cow in the world. I, I think cheerleading is not very far behind. You know, these, wow. these girls and, and they're for the most part, it's, it's young ladies. But right. and there are some guys that participate as well. But mm -hmm. it, it it's. I can't believe the money that you spend on just getting in the door. Yes. We didn't have to deal with parking, but the, all the hotels and everything, because it's a pay for play. And you're familiar with that, with the right. competitive basketball side where right. you have to stay in these designated hotels, but uh -huh. it's a lot of fun. These, these girls are so talented and so athletic and they're doing things that just amaze me every single day that um, I, I'm part jealous, but yet at the same time, uh, 
uh, <laughs> I, I admire from afar because I, I simply would never try to accomplish or try to do some of the moves that they try to that they do. Right. I, I mean, and, you know, you're talking about the competitive nature of the kids, the parents, <laughs> the parents be worse. You know, <laughs> they they be was so into it and, and so forceful. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to be like that on my kid. Like if it, if it turns into something, it does, if it doesn't, you know, now, I mean, now my daughter, she's about five, seven, five, eight. So, you know, she's probably, she's growing too tall to be into that anymore, but um, it's, it's real hectic, you know, it can get really, really hectic, but at the same time, you know, it's for the baby. So we got to get up and do it. We, we got our prop dad shirts and stuff like that. Where we helping and, you know, the dad's always behind the scene and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, or, being there something enough. like that is just to carry the bag and then pay, <laughs> exactly. pay for everything, right? Pay for everything Clown. and, and be the muscle. <laughs> That's right. right. So big weekend uh, this weekend with Cyclone Athletics, uh, men's game and women's game Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually attended the women's game. And then today we had the final wrestling match held at Hilton for this year and for David Carr, uh, who, who uh, actually won by a fall. Uh, Cyclones overall won 41 to 3 over Missouri. Uh, David Carr pinned his opponent in the first period. Well, wait, that's a way to go out with a bang. Uh, he uh, his record falls to or ended up being 67 and 0, undefeated at Hilton Coliseum throughout his career. He's 112 and 4 all time. Uh, younger Batista at 285 uh, ended up with a win as well. He is 20 and 0 on the season. Boy, that wrestling program continues to make good headway um, as they look towards the postseason. Yeah, I was speaking uh, with one of my uh, friends the other day, matter of fact, yesterday, and we were talking about uh, wrestling. He said, because everyone that comes up to me, they're always talking about sports and things like that. I mean, you know, a little shorter guy. I never got into basketball, and I'm like, no shit. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, you know, uh, I was always a wrestler and things like that. And I was like, I went to, you know, to, to school with, you know, arguably the greatest, you know, collegiate wrestler in history and Kale Sanderson and, he knew who he was. We talked about it a little bit and everything like that. And, you know, as, as we know, that program has been for decades one of the top programs in the country. And, you know, it's, it's very exciting to see. So do you have one of those weedy boxes with uh, that came out with oh, I, uh, Kale on it? I wish I, I wish I did. Um, I wish I did. I, I never even saw one because um, had I saw one, I would have, you know, grabbed one and, you know, back in that time where I was, you know, a lot younger and didn't have, you know, the kids around me and me and the wife got back to campus a lot more than we do now. I definitely would have gotten one and got some signatures on it for sure. So that's one of the things that, that I hate I never was able to do. Somewhere in this basement, I've got I've got one, and I think I still have it bagged up where the cereal is mm-hmm. still in the box. That's, that's, that's <laughs> big time right there. I don't, I, don't, I don't even think I've ever been eating Wheaties before in my life. Really? No, nah, I mean, I couldn't even tell you what they tasted like. I just, you know, knew the significance of the athlete being on it and things like that. But I couldn't, I can't even tell you if it tastes like cornflakes or some kind. Of, I mean, shit, it's weedy, so I guess it has tastes like some kind of like wheat cereal. I don't think I've ever had it. Yeah, it's a weedy version. Tastes like of wheat cornflakes. Corn Always said it tastes like wheat cornflakes. <laughs> right, so, have you had raisin bran? Yes. Okay, so imagine raisin bran without the okay. raisins. That's probably the, okay. the the closest thing to it. Okay, well, I, well, I love raisin bran. You know, even with or without the raisins, I I love the the cereal itself. So, hmm. 
Well, maybe this will be something that Chris and Caitlin talk about on their next episode of Like Father, Like Son or a Daughter. So we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Yesterday, uh, the Iowa State women's basketball team, I was able to make it up there to Hilton Coliseum to watch that game. They beat up on BYU. BYU, uh, not exactly a good team, but uh, the Cyclones came out. Um, the big news, though, Adi Crooks. Um, took over sole possession of first place with the all-time freshman scoring record at Iowa State. Uh, boy, she she looked really good yesterday. Uh, just dominated down in the paint. Uh, Emily Ryan looked fantastic. Really, the entire team looked great from my perspective. I and I don't know if you watch too much of the women's game, but Ariana Jackson just defensively, her hands were everywhere and mm-hmm. i love that she she caused a lot of turnovers by being in the right place at the right time or just sticking her hand in there to knock the ball away or cause disruption so the women now uh, let me see here i wrote it wrote it down they're now 16 and 10 on the season 10 and 6 in the big 12 which if uh you would have told me that at the very very beginning of the season with five freshmen basically playing uh, the majority of the women uh, the minutes and right. Emily Ryan was shelved early on. I would have said, sign me up for that. So Bill Fennelly definitely has his team in the in the right direction. Yeah, without a doubt. We always know, you know, what kind of product he's going to put out on the floor. Um, even with, you know, incoming freshmen coming in that, that has to learn the game and things like that on that level, we always know he's going to put out a uh, competitive product out on the floor without a doubt. So, it's no surprise. Um, I don't get to see them as much as, you know, I would like. If I happen to guess that they're on, absolutely, I'm watching it. Um, if it's if it has to be on my phone and turn into sideways so I can watch it, you know, um, Audia, you know, she she's a freshman that really came in with, with a lot of um, potential, and she's showing why why she had all those accolades coming in. So I, I look forward to seeing her you know, have a, a really, really promising career at Iowa State and, and breaking a ton of records. That's going to be a lot of fun for the next three years. Yeah, so she took over for Megan Taylor, who uh, had mm-hmm. was a freshman, 97, 98. With, mm-hmm. So she was uh, one of your contemporaries. Yeah, yeah. To make it, um, me and Megan, we, fir- we first came in together. And I tell this story all the time. Uh, we used to go to the wreck and shoot. And Megan was a shooter. You know, so so me not so much as a freshman, you know, coming in, I, I really wasn't able to find my stroke until later on. And, you know, I, I got some more games up under my belt. But we used to go to the wreck and shoot against each other. And she used to wear me out. You know, I started I started playing one-on-one and backing her down. I was like, you're not going to keep beating me up in these games <laughs> because you shoot from the outside. But, I mean, that's, that's great to see uh, that another young lady has came in and, you know, with the competitive spirit to – to shoot for a record and you know that records are, are made to be broken and that's that's great to see yeah she's from that original twister sisters group and i gotta admit i had a little crush on her as a player she uh fantastic ball player and, and hard worker and uh hate to see the record being broken but that's why you set records they're they're why you set them. they're intended to be broken right absolutely absolutely that's what i look forward to all the time i mean i was gunning for records and i'm sure everyone else is gunning for records as well was there what particular record were you going after at Iowa State, or even when you played in the NBA? Was there one that you had your eyes um, set on? What well, no particular ones. Um, I mean, of, of course, had I stayed for four years, and without a doubt, that scoring record would have been crazy more than what I was able to accomplish in three. Um, 
I, I would have loved to get more rebounds and things like that. Um, steals and, and blocks. I mean, I was a shot blocker in high school, but, you know, once I got to college, you know, guys got a lot bigger and things changed a little bit. So I wasn't able to accumulate a lot of, a lot of those. But, you know, any records that was out there to be able to, you know, take down a lot of the Big 12 records, uh, freshman scoring record, then my best friend from high school, Bernard King, you know, at Texas A&M, he ended up coming in after me and, and, and knocking that record off. And so, you know, the Big 12 tournament records that I had, uh, my good friend, rest in peace to him, uh, Andre Emmett, you know, end up breaking that, and we were teammates a few times as pros. So, you know, like you said, records are made to be broken. Um, to be able to knock those down is always a great thing to see. And, and if you're the one that's holding those records, of course, doing those games, you watching it, you're kind of nervous or whatever, but eventually it's going to happen. So the women play uh, Wednesday night at Kansas State. Uh, as you recall, they ended up playing on uh, Valentine's Day. That was a double overtime game. So that should be a heck of a game uh, coming up on Wednesday night. And then Saturday, back home for senior night against Cincinnati. Actually, it's a senior afternoon at 1 o'clock. Both of those games should be on ESPN+. Plus. So make sure that you, you uh, have a chance to watch that, although you'll have to navigate through all of your transitioning between spaces with your movement, shuffling back and forth. Hulu is on the phone. I'll, if I can catch it on Hulu, I just you know pop it on and – Turn the phone sideways and watch it from there. No, there you go. So let's uh, take a quick uh, break and hear a word from our sponsor, Relton Distillery. Why take the best corn in the world and make it into fuel when you could make it into whiskey? That's the question that launched Revelton, Iowa's most visible and fastest growing distillery. Owners Rob and Christy Taylor embrace the grain-to-glass philosophy, sourcing ingredients locally and overseeing on-premises production and bottling at their facility in Osceola. One sip and you'll agree that Revelton's handcrafted whiskeys, gins, and vodkas are the best you've ever tasted. And with the launch of their rye whiskey, made with 100% Iowa-grown rye and corn, and their new bourbon coming soon, there's more Revelton to love than ever. Iowa's own Revelton Distillery. ReveltonDistillery.com The great thing about working from home is working from home. The worst thing is working from home, especially for face-to-face collaborations with customers and coworkers. And let's face it, coffee shop meetings are neither private nor professional. So skip the trip to Starbs and investigate Gravitate Coworking Space. For more than 10 years, Gravitate has provided large and small office and conference spaces perfect for hosting meetings, workshops, or other events, as well as private phone booths for confidential conversations. Plus, all spaces include secure fiber internet, free coffee, and access to a kitchenette. All you need is your laptop. Gravitate does the rest. And renting space at Gravitate is surprisingly affordable. An hour of office space costs about the same as venti caramel macchiatos and breakfast sandwiches for two. Daily and monthly rates are also available with no long-term commitment. Learn more at GravitateCoworking.com. That's GravitateCoworking.com. All right, and we're back. Marcus, you showed us your, uh, you've got your Rebelton there in front of you tonight to try to get rid of whatever ails you tonight. That's the honey whiskey too, right? No, the honey whiskey, this is the rye whiskey. The honey whiskey I had before. All right. Um, it's a lot, lot sweeter, a lot better than the rye whiskey. That's, that one is a little tougher than what I'm used to. 
All right, we'll get out to your stores on that. Now, some news and notes. Uh, former women's basketball player Stephanie Suarez is back uh, in the WNBA. As you recall, she had a ACL injury that occurred towards the end of last season. Um, she still was drafted by the Dallas Wings. She has since signed and is preparing for the WNBA season. I think she had spent most of uh, this early part of the uh, of the women's season as a as a as a coach in uh, in the wings, literally, uh, with Fennelly and the team. So that that's good good for her. Um, Gabe Kalsher has signed with the Iowa Wolves. So for those of us in Des Moines, we're able to get out and, and catch some Wolves game and, and see him, and, and hopefully we'll see him up with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Gabe was previously with the Capital City Go-Go's. Is that right? Did I write that oh, down wow. correctly? Which is the Wizards G League. I actually had attended that game when he was in town for that, uh, barely played. So I'm glad that he's with the Wolves. Hopefully we'll, he'll be able to get some good quality minutes in, and uh, the T-Wolves will – Give him a shot. The T-Wolves, by the way, out of Minnesota, traded for our friend Monte Morris. So Monte is now with the Timberwolves. I've seen him. Uh, I haven't caught any of their games yet, but uh, look like I've seen some things online where he's been getting some minutes. So that's definitely good to see. And then, uh, let's see, volleyball. Head coach Christy uh, Johnson Lynch has signed on through the uh, 2028 season. This is something that I found really incredible. The Iowa State volleyball team has been to the NCAA tournament 17 times. 16 of those times have been under uh, Christy Johnson Lynch. So wow. that looks like a good signing there by Jamie Pollard to go ahead and keep her and, and retain her within the Iowa State fold. Uh, glad to have her on board yeah. and continuing Congrats. to lead that program. Uh, big week this week, though. TJ Tampa uh, has been invited to the NFL Combine, which is going to be taking place. Um, I looked it up, and it looks like uh, the uh, media availability for defensive backs will be Thursday, and then on Friday is when the uh, defensive backs will have their drills. So all of that will be on the NFL Network. You can be able to watch the NFL Combine and and catch uh, TJ Tampa uh, participating in that. Other football news, though, that uh, I really did not want to see, and I don't think anyone anyone else did either, but Nate Chillhouse is off to the NFL. Wish him sincerely the best of luck, and and I think many we saw a lot of the progress that the offensive uh, unit made under his leadership in his first year as an offensive coordinator. But you now he gets to go learn from Sean McVay um, with the LA Rams as their passing game coordinator, and who knows, maybe he'll still come back at some point. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him perhaps being the head coach in waiting if uh, if uh, Matt Campbell were ever to leave. Uh, but uh, wishing the best of Nate Shieldhouse still waiting to hear back on who's going to replace him as the offensive coordinator. And uh, we should know a little bit more in the next week or so with uh, spring practices coming around the corner. We got to have that position filled. Yeah. Congratulations to him for sure. I mean, we hate to see him go, but we totally understand that that's an opportunity for him to move up and, you know, do some other things in his career. And um, we wish him the best Godspeed without a doubt. And, uh, you know, we, we'll see what happens uh, in the year, in the years to come. Is that something, you know, we've talked about this before yeah. with Coach Floyd going on to the, to the Bulls. Is that something that, as players, are you applauding that? I, I know at one time, you, you know, the transfer is so different than it was back then. 
Right. So that wasn't really something that you were looking at. But mm-hmm. in today's game, I think I'm a little nervous with the quarterback situation there and in and, and the potential that, hey, would there be some wandering eyes? Is there going to be a focus, do you think, on retaining some of the coaching staff and and getting some of the player input? Is that something that at the college level that Matt Campbell might be looking at? Well, well, now it's, it's a dynamic that, you know, so uh, amongst us all, you know, in every sport, pretty much. Um, it's a lot more prevalent than it was back when I played. Like you said, I wasn't even, you know, once, once the opportunity presented itself for Coach Floyd, which we were hearing that it probably would have presented itself before I even came in. Um, you know, so after my freshman year and it, it occurred, you know, I, I mean, I didn't have any ill will or anything like that. Um, I understood that it was an opportunity. I mean, I was here playing collegiate basketball with the aspirations or the hopes of going to the NBA if that would have occurred, you know, before my four years was up and ultimately it happened. Um, so I wouldn't want, want anyone to um, try to hold me back from that, you know, decision as well. So um, it was something that, that occurred and things that, that's going to occur, you know, more prevalently now with what we're dealing with, with the, you know, NIL and transfers and all that stuff. So players do think about it a lot. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, I, I would think that they think about each and every day now with how everything is going. Um, it's it's like the free agency of, you know, of, of pro sports, but it's, it's the collegiate sports now uh, because so much money has been, thrown around in it. So um, it was easier for us. It's a lot more stressful on them now. I can imagine, you know, how they're thinking, but it's something we're just going to have to, you know, uh, try to fight through. So former uh, Kansas State running back or quarterback, excuse me, uh, Jake Waters was promoted up uh, to be uh, take over as running backs coach. Um, I think that there's been some talk of Ryan Clanton taking over uh, the OC responsibilities. I understand he may have been calling some plays that year that uh, uh, we technically did not have an OC. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently he had called plays for you uh, and I when he was up there. So we'll learn a little bit more about that probably in the next week or so. Um, and uh, none too soon. I, don't know if you saw as well, but they announced the spring game at Jack Trice is going to be held on April 20th. Kind of a unique day to select a spring game on 420. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's a date that has been That should selected. be a fun one. <laughs> that should be a fun one for a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hope we should know a lot more by then. Um, all right, men's basketball. I, I, I really enjoyed the discussion that uh, you and Brent had last week in terms of talking about those big games that come up, that your focus was just the next game and that you didn't really think about it being a big game. It was just another game. A game. So do you think that that's something that it's more profound with us as fans that we make a bigger deal out of it than the players, or is that something that the players sort of look at, Hey, it's big Monday. It's against, second or third rated Houston. You don't really look at that in in the same way that we do. No, not at all. Uh, because you can't like as as a fan and as a player, like the whole preparation is totally different. You know, it, for the fans, 
and everyone watching, and you know, it's always fun. And but as a player, man, it's the most stressful thing ever, you know, because it's it's in a it's an entire game of total focusness and focusness and, and with a game that big, you're just trying to get that profile win. Um, and even if you don't get that win, you know, we, we even spoke about the predictions and everything like that. Um, I felt like it was going to be a tough win to get uh, against Houston, and we ultimately didn't win that one. But it was a close one where, you know, that's promising. Um, you know, I would have loved to have, you know, won that Colorado game that we lost in overtime and that Oklahoma game also. But, you know, it it was it was better for us to go through that fight um, and, and typically not come out with a win but take away from the loss what we took away from rather than being undefeated in the, in the conference. You know, that wasn't as important to us other than to learning the things that, because if you play a perfect game against a team like that on the road and you still, and they still got to take you to overtime to win and it's close, even if it's in regulation, that's for you and your program, that's, that's a win because you know, on a neutral floor um, or if they have to come back into your home, we're going to get that one. So, is more of a building block going down the road and and to have faced Houston twice this year, uh, played them extremely well at home, lost a close one on the road. You know, I, I think TJ is, is pretty, and the group group of coaches are, are pretty good with that result. Well, and I was I was going to ask you about that. You know, that was a slugfest. It re- yes. honestly, it reminded me of. The Eustacia years where mm-hmm. you guys would score about 50, 55 points and it was all defense and it was in mm-hmm. your face. And yeah. it it really resembled that. We I don't think we played particularly well. Right. And considering that it was as close as it was for most of that game, I as a fan felt like, hey, we played pretty well. Houston had not lost a game by less than 15 points at home. And for us to come in there and almost pull it out. And, and, and even though we did not play well, I, I feel pretty good that we have some building blocks that should we face them in the big 12 tournament that will do us well at, at that point in the year. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it goes back to, you know, not thinking about what the fans thinking and wanting and just what our game plan uh, and preparation is, um, you know, you say she's, Model and everything was we're going to shoot more free throws than the other team attempt, and and for that to happen, you got to get to the line, you got to get to the paint, you got to be you know play hard nose uh, defense, um, and a lot of times that's just how it was. We we weren't looking to you know score a ton of points. Now, now if that permitted itself, you know if I went on a scoring tangent and Mike Nurse was making threes and Contrell and Jamal was doing what they do, you know that's going to happen. But we we knew once we got to the crest of the Big 12, that's that typically wasn't going to be the um, the ingredients to winning the game. We had to do what we had to do to win the game. And, you know, after those games, it was a lot of sore bodies, um, you know, bruises and things of that nature. But that what we that's what we had been accustomed to. And we understood that was a part of it. And at that point, we were just, you know, playing to win the ball game. You know, it was it was some really, really tough, promising teams uh, in the Big 12 coming around that last, you know, um, the last uh, corner of, of the season. And that's where we're at now. So that game against Houston, you know, I, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat watching. Um, 
to be that close was, you know, real stressful. But like I said, I, I mean, I would have absolutely loved to win, but I'm I'm not as, as down on the loss as it was, you know, you know, against like a BYU or something like that. Like yeah. that that's that wasn't the type of loss that was. Um the game that loss against Houston, we know if we run into them again at the Big Twelve tournament, then we know it's gonna be, you know, even for us and for them and we feel like we can pull that one out. So I kind of asked that question because as a, you know, as a backdrop, I looked at the records of our remaining schedule and even with West Virginia, who is sitting in last place in the big 12, mm-hmm. we don't play anyone that has a 500 record or, or better than a 500 record the rest of the way in the big 12 play. Now, with that said, we're, yes. we play Oklahoma, who we did lose to, mm-hmm. uh, and we also play BYU who we also lost to. So right. I think we've got a little bit of revenge on our – hopefully we've got some revenge on our mind. And then uh, we also play at, at UCF, who doesn't look ex- exceptionally good either. Uh, we do get a chance to play at Kansas State, and uh, we, we saw what's happened with Jerome Tang and, and Wildcats since we played them. They pretty much have fallen apart. But I, I, I guess, you know, from a player perspective, do you, do you start looking at the schedule? Do you, do you look at – the wins and losses and go, Hey, you know, we can play, we, we can beat that team or, Oh, this one's going to be tougher. Oh, you know, the rest of our schedule, we don't play anyone over 500. Do you start looking at that as a player or is that something that you're just completely oblivious to? Well, well, I think the guys have, have gotten to a point in the season where they know their game and, and know where we're at and where we're standing. Um, it's not like a, you know, we lost to the University of Iowa last year, and now we get to get them this year, and so we want to beat them down. Um, I think the BYU and the Oklahoma game is going to pretty much take care of itself for how good that they're playing right now at this point. And it's just, not that it's going to be a cakewalk, but to them it's going to pretty much feel like a cakewalk because we know how solidified we are um, as a team right now. Um, you know, going down to, to uh, Florida, get that win, you know, it may be a little bit more tougher than – than uh, the games at home, but I think that should be one that we should knock out pretty well. And like I said before, you know, I'm always scared of, of K-State. Like, it's just always that dynamic of being down there in that state and, you know, in the city of Manhattan and what they do down there. You know, you can you never know what product they're going to put out on the floor. So that's, to me, is going to be the biggest test uh, remaining of, of, of the season, even though it's not going to, you know, make or break the season. But that one right there will solidify you know, how we go into the tournament. So as we sit today, uh, we are at uh, 21 and six on the season. Uh, I believe 10 and four in big 12 play, just sitting a game behind Houston. Um, you know, I think that from the rest of the schedule, I was glad to see that we came back on Saturday and beat West Virginia. Made me a little bit nervous. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we got up, we got, mm-hmm. and then West Virginia came back in the second half it became a lot more closer of a game than I was expecting at all. And we ended up going on that run to put them away. But uh, you've got to win games like that, right? Especially. Right. 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 So one of my good friends, Chad Parr, uh, he he reached out and was wanted to take his family to the game and everything like some weeks ago about it. And so, you know, we, we text and communicate, you know, back and forth and um, you know, the game came and, you know, it it was a game what it was. You know, we even had a, a conversation last night. I said, man, I'm glad we held on because they would have lost that one. I probably would have blamed that one on you. <laughs> I, I didn't tell them that, but, you know, I'm glad we, 
we held on is, is what I told him. But, um, you know, it, it's just one of those games that, you know, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, like it's the Big 12, you know, West Virginia, West Virginia have strong and competitive teams. Um, and if you don't focus the whole entire game, you'll find yourself being down where you now have to focus and turn it up. And, you know, those are the things that you got to be mind, more mindful about because in college sports, if, if it's hard to get that momentum back, once they're rocking and rolling, it doesn't matter if, if it's on a home or on the road, once they're rocking and rolling, it's hard to try to get that momentum back. And when it gets that way, you, you just don't want to put yourself in that hole. I'm, I'm well, sure, I'm sure TJ wasn't happy at all. Yeah. I think it's something he can use as a coaching, as a motivator. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you if you guys aren't careful, you can lose to the last place team in the Big Twelve. That would have that would have been yep. really embarrassing of a loss. You know, especially West Virginia's, at home. yeah, especially at home. Yeah. West Virginia is in a bit of a disarray with Huggins, right? Uh, in the coaching change at the beginning of the year, working yeah. under an interim coach. Uh, West Virginia, they they came in and and they about pulled it out in Hilton. So I give yeah. them credit, but again, I would say second place team in the Big Twelve. They they have to win those games. There's just yeah, we there's gotta be, no excuse for them not to. They got to play better than that for sure. Yeah, but again, I I love and I've said this before. I, I love this team. You know, I love the scoring. I, I love the defense. But scoring can come from anywhere, whether it's from the outside, from guards, uh, from the big guys. You know, they we can go four out and put Rob Jones in the middle, or we can put Jones in, Hassan Ward in. Uh, Trey King in. I, I love those lineups. They're athletic. Uh, they're physical. I, I just love the dynamics of this team, the different uh, looks that you see that they can pull out against any team. Yeah, it, it, and it always start with guard play. Um, you know, I know, you know, a lot of people talk about the scoring that I did or whatever, but I, I tell people all the time, if it wasn't for Jamal Tinsley, that literally would have been maybe seven to eight points or 10 points less, you know, um, the toughness of of Mike Nurse and you know Contrell Horton as you know the two three combo guards uh, on the wing and, and things like that. Like your guard play is what gets you into the offense and also gets you into the defense. And and when they're playing extremely well, you know that makes you as a big want to support them, uh, do some of the things to help them out. And once the guard play is playing extremely well, then, you know, it makes it a lot easier for the bigs where you can, you know, get in the dunker spot or you can float over to the three when the pass is coming there. Um, you know, the shots are coming a lot easier. And then when they're up top playing defense, you know, if once they're beaten, if they're beaten, you don't want to be that that weak link on the defensive end and, and the paint where you're not helping out. So it's it's all it's all a a team dynamic that comes together. And when you're rolling like that, you know, you're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Well, we had those early season losses uh, in Florida yeah. to what Texas A&M. And there was a second game that was back-to-back. You know, this team has really come along. TJ's got them working. Um, I love the team. The, the ball rotation, too, is another thing that these guys seem to enjoy playing together. And yeah. you can tell by – by the passes and the the number of assists that they're making off the scores. Yeah, those those early season losses, you never I mean it's, it's always a surprise of even what you're dealing with. You know, me personally, like we're coming off of 
I don't guess you call it training camp, but you know, training and and running and suicides and all of that at the beginning of the year. And then you know, you run into a Drake University where you know neither one of you guys score fifty points. You know, it's, it, you're going to run into those type games early on. Um, but that's those are the ones that you either get or you don't get. You know, you run into a uh, University of Cincinnati where there was number one team at, in the nation at at the time, and then you're able to gauge, okay, now we are able to figure this out. So losing to those those teams early really didn't make, you know, anything to me. Um, of course, I would have rather to have that as a W, but, you know, those different tournaments you know, on, on islands or different places like that really don't mean anything because we know the crest of the Big 12 is what carries the most weight and, you know, we're performing. So ultimately, we did win yesterday, Saturday against West Virginia, 71 to 64. Wednesday night, a return trip by Oklahoma to Ames. Um, we lost down there 71 to 63. So this is a good opportunity to get a game back. Um, and then next Saturday, we go to UCF. Um, and then the following Wednesday, another BYU, again, a, a chance to run one back. Uh, we lost to them in Provo, 87 to 72. That's a game where they were shooting. BYU was just shooting lights out um, from three-point range, and we didn't really have an answer uh, against that. Uh, then Saturday the 9th uh, is that game at Kansas State, and uh, I'll be curious to see how that game uh, turns um, for us down there. I think that could be a good game because depending upon what Houston does in the next three games, that could uh, be a very significant game yeah. uh, for the Cyclones. Yeah. Um, I, and, and and even so much like, God forbid, that that's a game that we don't win. Uh, again, you know, if we've been playing well, we understand that is the road of the Big 12. Um, I don't foresee us not winning that game. Um, I, I see us, like, going in as, as focused as we were when we went down to Austin and you know, beat the brakes off Texas, you know, so that kind of game is, is what I'm looking forward to uh, our, our guys putting out there on the floor and, and TJ having the guys really ready to roll. Any preference on seating? You know, I think that as long as you get the, the double buy or the buys right. in, the, in, in playing on Thursday and one of the top four scenes to, uh, uh, seeds, to me, that's the most important part at this point. I want a top four seed. I'd love to have the number one seed, but at the end of the day, I don't know that there's that much difference between one, two, and three. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing, like being able to get down there, you know, get get off the bus, get your legs up uh, in the hotel, being able to prep, um, and, and just relax and wait to see what the next round is going to be is, is definitely better than playing on that first night. But I mean, we, we've been that team that's, that's played on that first night and, and, you know, uh, you know, ran the tables and won it all. But uh, that's a lot more stressful than everyone in Cyclone Nation wants. Uh, definitely a lot more stressful than I'm sure that uh, TJ wants, but um, having one of those top seeds is, is definitely something that we're gunning for. Um, it's just, it's, it's for us it's to lose or to win. So um, let's finish the season out strong like we're supposed to and, you know, handle business like we're we're here to do. One of the big changes this year at the Big 12 tournament, and we'll probably talk more about that in a couple of weeks, though, is that the women's tournament uh, used to run concurrently with the men's, right. and now the women are going first. And I think there's going to be a little bit of overlap. When you were playing, uh, did you get a chance to, to see any of the women's games to, and no. go cheer them on or vice versa? 
No, we we didn't. Um, no, we didn't at all. We 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 would have rather had that opportunity, but when they're playing, you know, having access to be it, you know, get into the gym or prep for the games, you know, we just just didn't have that opportunity to. We saw more games uh, during the year before we got to the Big Twelve tournament because, like I said, I mean, I was always a fan of, of Coach Finley. You know, since my freshman year and just seeing how good they were, I actually went to practices and games and wanted to, you know, be as good as they were. Um, so whenever I got the chance to watch the games and the games were at home, I definitely, you know, attended. Uh, if, I, if I wasn't tired from, you know, the the quote unquote uh, sanctioned hours of practice Larry Stacy put us through. <laughs> but um, no, we never got a chance to down at the Big 12. Um, we just always paid attention to and asked questions and, you know, hearing about the women winning. And then if they won before us now, okay, now it's our time to go out and represent it. So it was always a good thing for them to have success and be down there and us having success and, you know, everyone being mad at the Cyclones. So one of the topics coming out of this weekend's just NCAA games period is there was a court storming incident uh, with Wake Forest and Duke, did you yeah. get a chance to see some of the video coming out of that? Yeah, I saw it. Um, it's 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 a weird dynamic to even be faced with. Um, something's going to have to occur, you know. When it's when it's a game like that, you know, Wake Forest against Duke, Duke North Carolina, whatever, you know, those those big tight games, you're going to have to make it. I, I think you're going to have to make an announcement. I think it's going to have to be on uh, the coaching staff. Because even, you know, uh, Wake Forest coach or Duke coach, I, I don't remember. Someone called a timeout. And, you know, it was a timeout before the end of the game. At that point, you literally have to get on the mic and warn the, the fans about if you're going to storm the court and that's something that's allowed, allow the players to get off the court. Because you just don't want to have that, you know, Clayton, Caitlin Card situation and Kyle Filipowski situation, you know, Thankfully, well, we don't know totally what's going on with uh, the Duke player, uh, Filipkowski, but thankfully, Caitlin wasn't hurt, you know, to to a degree where she was injured uh, really, really bad. But something's going to happen where, where that does occur one day, and then it's going to be a, a bad situation to deal with. So if that's going to be the case where you're going to allow the, the students to storm the court, it has to be an announcement made. But, uh, but like I was telling my wife last night, you know, I don't I don't think the kids are really, really focused on the fact of even celebrating with the players It's more so of this is going to be on ESPN. And this is a court that I probably would never touch, but, you know, put my feet on ever again in life or in life. So they're just blindly running out there and just doing whatever. And that's that's totally, totally dangerous for everyone that's out there. Well, I, I felt like there was a little bit of a double standard with the Caitlin Clark situation. You know, she she ran into another fan and then went on the floor and then on social media it was, Oh, she's acting. And then you see Filipowski get injured and it's all of a sudden, Oh, we have to ban court storming. Well, which is it guys, you know, we, Caitlin Clark Clark, for all we know could have been seriously injured. Right. It's got to be the same regardless. Right. It has has to be. And, and, you know, fans are going to do what they're going to do. Trolls are going to be, they're going to be trolls. Whatever the case may be, you know, maybe she didn't, you know, tear a knee up or, you know, twist her ankle or anything like that. But I mean, she could have a a, a burst spleen or something. Like you just you just can't do that. Um, I don't say that I'm necessarily against the court storming or for it, but 
it has to be regulated. Like if it's going to happen and you know, you know, it's, you know, if, if the, if Drake university is playing Iowa state and they're going to, you know, and they beat us and they're going to storm the court and you know, that's a rival game for you. And, and this, the students probably are going to storm the court. You got to make an announcement. You have to put the, the uh, security guards in a position to be ready and make that announcement and say, you know, if you're going to storm the court, let the players get off the floor because it's not only the visiting team, it's the home players. What if you want your home players get, you know, trampled on, you know, so you just don't want to have to deal with that. It has to, something has to go forward to, um, you know, protect everyone. There wasn't an incident incident in, in Iowa where, where a reporter or somebody broke their leg. I forget. Yeah, Recently. Randy Peterson. Right, uh, right, right. I, I don't know that he was run into. I think he stumbled <laughs> trying to get okay. away from the crowds, and he fell and broke his leg, yes. Uh, that's right. probably so, been 10 years or so now. It's been a while. Wow, that was that long ago? Yeah. Jeez. But but even even though the, the case was, you know, trying to get to safety, he, he was a person on the floor trying to get to safety. What if, what if that's the player trying to get, you know, away and oh, get, yeah. get away to safety? So. It's, it's just a dangerous situation to deal with. I remember when we beat the University of Iowa at home, um, players, you know, fans and stuff were everywhere. Um, even when we beat Kansas, you know, I remember Roy Williams trying to get my attention. And I'm I'm just thinking he was one of the students that just was on the court. But I, I was literally just trying to keep my myself grounded, you know, feet grounded, little short steps and things like that, because you can trip. You know, you can step on a foot. You can do some of anything, and you know, then that's there goes the season. Well, and I was going to ask you that if you recall any particular incident, football or basketball, but probably for you more mm-hmm. more so basketball, where there was an incident like that. Whether you were the you were the home team, and it was Hilton fans that were coming out, or if right. you were the visiting team and the fans are coming out. Well, it, it definitely was would have been at home in the Hilton. I mean, you know, my first two years we weren't like knocking off any big time teams or whatever on the road, anything like that, or, or they weren't knocking us off and the, the fans were storming the court, but um, definitely against university of Kansas at the end of my uh, sophomore year. And then my junior year, when we played Iowa. And I, and like I said, I just remember, you know, just trying to keep myself grounded, watching my steps. Um, you really can't, you know, tell where your teammates or anywhere is at. you just hoping everyone is safe and you know, you get off the court. You want to, you want to celebrate with the fans a little bit, but they're just, you know, they're, they're being fans. They're hopping around, they're jumping around, they're doing whatever. Even if they, you know, broke a leg or twist the ankle, they're going to school next week. You know, you're trying to prepare for the rest of the season. Well, if Cantrell were a little bit taller, you might have been able to see him. <laughs> he probably was. A, he probably was the one that was making a hole for everyone to get through. <laughs> Well, and we know Jack Trice, uh, they've moved the student section uh, to more of that uh, southeast corner mm-hmm. and for that purpose alone, because this then allows uh, for the opposing team to, to have a straight shot to their uh, to their locker room immediately following the game. And if they get out of there, there won't be any crossover between the student section that's trying to storm out on Jack Trice and the opposing team, which is Probably a good idea in theory, but it has changed the dynamics of Jack Trice and, and the crowd's um, participation. I'd like to have the students a little bit closer to the band or into the band and creates a little bit of a, a noise issue with when they're in the same corner together. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're trying to figure out something that's better for that. I mean, 
you know, not to brag, but we've we've really come to you know a time in, in Iowa State football athletics to where we're not, you know, totally surprised about us winning big games in football. I mean, we're we're making some noise in the Big Twelve now, so so we're not we're not the you know beating Kansas and storming the, the field. You know, we're we're pretty much competing with the top dogs in the Big Twelve now, so we should be you know a lot more. You know, we've been here before type of, you know, thing that's going on. But I, I do remember the days when they used to break the goalposts and take it down and throw it into the lake. And <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I never followed them, you know, because Coach Stacey tell, told us you better make for sure you're not in that crowd if that happens. But, you know, those days are gone now. That's right. Well, it is going to be another big week uh, in Cyclone Athletics with men and women playing games on Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, make sure that you tune in uh, for those shows. Marcus, it's been good to see you. And that's been another episode of In the Side of the Storm. We'll see you next week.